Hey, everybody, it's that time again. Fred and the Fantastics right here across America and around the world. Art Source with us. Mark Mancini is off the on this show, but uh, certainly he'll be back. And uh, Art, former kicker for the Rams and the Trojans, do Galaxy Sports out of Pennsylvania. Aren't you astounded? Some of these head coaches who got jobs and some of these head coaches who didn't get jobs. Any comments? Yeah. Well, it just seems to be like they're getting younger and younger and younger. And then you've got a veteran crew. And, and this was, you know, I was getting really upset before Dan Quinn got the commander's job. But, you know, McDaniel, who did a great job with the uh, Ravens defense, he goes to Seattle. Um, you know, I don't know what they did with Pete Carroll. They might have moved him upstairs as a, as a consultant. I'm not sure there. But then I look, you know, I look around the league and you got Jared Mayo who gets who gets the opportunity up there in New England. And, uh, you know, these guys have never coached as head coaches. And, and, and I know they're doing a good job of surrounding a lot of these coaches with, uh, like, McAdoo's going to be helping helping Jared Mayo up in, in New England. And, you know, but a guy like Eric Bieniemy falls through the cracks again. And, and I just, I have a funny feeling he'll be back in Kansas City next year because he's he's well-liked there. He, he you know, he I guess he wore his welcome out in Washington because he was too hard on the players. Fred. You know? Let me ask you. Let me ask you a question, uh, folks. Uh, this is Fred and the Fantastics, I believe, and pod clips around. By the, the way, world. Fred, I've always wanted to be a fantastic. Well, you are fantastic, and uh, uh, let's talk about Eric Bieniemy. Is it a black-white thing, or is it go back to his college days when he got? But I mean, pro- you know, he, he was twenty-six years old. I, you know, he, he didn't quite make it in the NFL. He got a job in Colorado. You know, when you're 26, the girls are 22, 21 years old. You know, that's not a huge spread, you know. And, and, and I I just, you know, at a certain point in time, a lot of people have gotten second chances in life. A lot of people, all right. And, and I believe life, you know, none of us are perfect. Here's a guy that's done everything they asked him to do. He must be the worst interview in the history of the world. That's all I can tell you, Fred, because he has all the the props. I remember him going back to when he played running back at Bishop Amat. He was on the cover of my old uh, CIF Sports magazine. And, you know, I mean, the kid was unbelievable as a running back at University of Colorado. You know, he's been coaching in the NFL. He's doing a great job. He leaves. And I would have thought if they were going to get rid of Ron Rivera, he would have been the next guy in line. And, you know, and all they have to do is sit down and say, look, you know, don't be so hard on the guys, you know, understand that this is a different era. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe he's too much of a disciplinarian, Fred. What about Brave? Uh, I interviewed interviewed him twice. I don't know him that well, but he seems to me to be a damn good, darn good coach. I don't mm-hmm. quite understand uh, uh, Mike Vrabel of the Titans. Oh, I love Mike Vrabel. Are you kidding me? Now, here's what I heard from my inside sources at Galaxy Sports in the NFL. He comes across at six foot five, two hundred seventy pounds, as a real imposing figure, and I guess he intimidated the hell out of uh, Mrs. Strunk, the Bud Adams's daughter, who owns the Tennessee Titans. And in a couple interviews, I guess you know you got to. <laughs> You got a very interesting crew. You got Mike McDaniel and Mike Vrabel. Could there be two different football coaches in the history <laughs> of the world? I mean, one guy is a player's coach. The other guy is more of a Belichick kind of guy. And, you know, maybe he's going to pull his dollar out like Bella Caroli and, you know, say, hey, that was wrong. But, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to figure out if the NFL 
is kind of shifting, shifting, shifting toward this younger group of coaches, you know, more cerebral, not more physical. I mean, we know the NFL can't tackle. I mean, I watched enough football this year to know that they don't practice tackling anymore. And we've made the joke over the last few years on our sports shows that within 10, 15, 20 years, it's going to look like the Pro Bowl. You know, that's what football is going to be. Because, you know, I, I was listening to Joe Montana the other day on Dan Patrick, and Joe Montana said something really funny. He goes, you know, I would love to have played in today's environment. He goes, because what hurt me not what was not the hits. It was the guys falling on you with all their weight. He goes, that's what got you when a guy that's 290, you know, leans into you with momentum and presses you in your ribs. You know, that's when your back gets hurt. He goes, nowadays, he goes, it seems a lot easier. He goes, I'm sure that's, you know, the game sped up a little bit. He goes, but it seems a lot easier to play quarterback than when I played. And, he, and Steve Young came right out on, this, on the same show after him and said, boy, did Joe hit that one on the head, man. We were all born 25 years too early. He's Art Source. I'm Fred. Fred and the Fantastics uh, all the time right here on uh, PodClip. Oh, hey, Fred, I was watching Glee. something the other night. I got to tell you about this. Yeah. You know, I got to play three of my four years with Ronnie Lott and Dennis Johnson and uh, not, not Dennis Johnson, but uh, Dennis Smith. And they were the two greatest athletes I've ever seen. And they were freshmen, right? When okay. I was like a, a sophomore and we were all playing against the number one defense and we had Jeff Fisher at one corner and I was a linebacker in high school, but I played like strong safety in this setup because they had the Ronnie Lott at corner and our offense couldn't do anything against them passing wise. Right. So John Robinson comes rolling over and he looks at me. And I, so I, I kind of came out for a few plays. I said, Hey coach, I said, those two guys right there, they should be running with the, the other guys, right? Dennis Thurman and all those guys. And Robinson looks at me. He watches about five plays, right? He looks over at me. He goes, kind of shook his head. The next day I'm looking around for my guys on defense. Right There they are. They're down there. And I mean, I was laughing to myself because watching Ronnie Lott play safety and people, if you're young and, you know, and I realize a lot of you don't go back to those, but if you ever get a chance to look at the highlight package, Dennis Smith with the Broncos and Ronnie Lott, they brought, they brought, and Kenny Easley was the same way at UCLA. They really played some great football, man. And I mean, this is before, you know, you weren't allowed to, to go for the knockout. And I mean, I could, you know, I was thinking of Atkinson and Jack Tatum and those kind of guys. And, oh, my, even Taylor, who played for uh, the Redskins, was one of those kind of guys. What do you think of the Hall of Fame voting? I mean, I was happy to see Randy Gratishar get in because I thought he was real key to long the Orange time, Crush. Long, long time. I like time. to see some of the older guys get, get recognized well, long before time they, time. they lose, you know, their, their lives. But uh, what do you think of the Hall of Fame, Fred? Oh, well, again, it, it, it's the voters in a lot of cases never saw these guys play. So the longer it takes, the harder it is to get in. In baseball, Vader Pinson for the Cincinnati Reds. Now, if you look at his stats and forget forget the stats offensively, he was one of the better, best defensive center fielders as a little kid. I've ever seen in my life. He could steal 40 bases. He had 25 home runs. There was nothing he couldn't do 
Frank Robinson on that team, of course, made it. There was no, there's no question that, and his grandson is on my Facebook, and he's still wondering what's going on. How, how's that possible? It is. And, possible. and there's another guy that we can think about who I watched on WTBS because we were, you know, basically the only games we could see in those days, of the beginning of cable, was Atlanta Braves. Dale Murphy. Dale Murphy yeah. had ten great years, you know, and I mean, it's I hard. just, I. You know, and, and, and I was thinking the other day, you know, the left-handed reliever that keeps coming up a, a, a vote short, you know, I'm like, wow, there's so many guys that are right there, you know, on the cusp of the Hall of Fame. And and I, I just, one thing that gets me, Fred, we've talked about this in the past, is when they posthumously put these guys in the Hall of Fame. And yeah. I know Pete Rose has done a lot of bad things in his life and. God only knows. But, you know, I know for a fact, because I, I've done some research on it, that Bart Giamatti said, Pete, if you go away for five years, we'll revisit this subject and we'll find a way. You'll never be back in baseball in, in any shape, but we'll find a way to see if we can get you in the Hall of Fame. And, of course, Bart had the massive heart attack. And Bob Selig hated Pete Rose. I, I don't know where that came from or why it came from. Not that I'm a big Bud Selig fan, mind you, but uh, – you know, I look at that and, and you know, and I look at, you know, you, I, I do understand there's got to be some sort of a morals thing, but you got the greatest all time hits leader in Major League Baseball history. And then you got Ty Cobb. Okay. And I've heard the stories about Ty Cobb. And, you know, I just wonder, you know, and Shoeless Joe Jackson probably deserves to be in there too. But I mean, at a certain point in time, you know, was Roger Clemens a great pitcher? Yes. Was Barry Bonds a great hitter? Yes. Prior to the steroids, the S, the HGH, yes. Um, you know, McGuire, borderline, but he sure brought baseball. You know, he saved, might have saved baseball, he and Sammy Sosa, that one great year they had where they 73 and 68 home runs. You know, and, and it really bothers me, Fred, because I look at the world now and, and – you know, we were talking about transparency on Sports Overnight America. You know, transparency doesn't, it's not there anymore. You know, it's so political in all aspects of society now, whether somebody gets in the Hall of Fame. He was nice to this writer. This writer hates his ass. You know, it's like at a certain point in time, you just want to go, wow, can the guy get in there on the merits of the fact that he played? 10 plus years. He, he was an MVP a couple of times. Is Jose Altuve a Hall of Famer in your mind, Fred? Yeah. I think so. I mean, I really do. You know, I looked at, at Biggio, comes up as a catcher, winds up playing second base. Can you get a more, you know, a more, the guy was awesome. Did everything. You play anywhere. So again, I think it's a little bit different with Rose and Altuve. Rose directly lied until he wrote his book. In Altuve's case, he was just one of the players. You're going to do what manage, the manager says. You're going to do what the general yeah, manager says. Ask Leo DeRocher what he thinks of cheating. <laughs> All right. In, in our last couple of minutes right here on Fred and the Fantastics, he's Art Source. I am Fred on Believe and on Pod Clips around the world. we got to get to it. You mentioned politics. Taylor Swift, how many times with the cameras show her in the Super Bowl? I'm taking, I'm taking over 11. That's exactly what I said. 11 times during the game, figuring that Kelsey's got a pretty good game. 
catching seven. And it is or eight the Super passes. Bowl, and then we're talking about huge ratings, and she's bringing an audience, Fred. Supposedly, the ratings are up about seventeen to twenty percent. Kansas City and the AFC are a little higher than the NFC's ratings. So, I mean, you know, what a way to bring women to the game. And you know what? I guess I got to become a Swifty, Fred. She's a, she, she's flying all night long from uh, Tokyo to to be with her guy. What if she were singing the national anthem? Any comments? I'll tell you what. Um, I would think uh, there's a good chance next year she might be singing the national anthem. <laughs> that might be a good prop bet. Okay, let's get to that game, the Super Bowl. It's all on the line. You know, we heard today that uh, the great gambler, Walters, put a million dollars on uh, on Kansas City. The spread is, I think, the opposite of what it should be. I think it should be San Francisco getting to. You think it's going to be pick them by game time. You know, I'm looking at going over only because I think they're going to put more commercials in. There's going to be more timeouts. They slow the game down a little bit. There might be six to ten more offensive plays for each side. So, you know, I kind of like the over. But, you know, I, I did take the 49ers in a big pool and I took them early in the year at 10 to 1. So I'm hedging my bet. So I'm you know, trying to get Kansas City in as many points, but everybody's betting on Kansas City, Fred. No, I I think by, by kickoff time, 3 o'clock Pacific, 6 o'clock Eastern on Sunday, I I think it'll be pick them, something right near it, pick it, You say they're going to blow them out, right? That's the last score I saw from you. You you, you so, thought Kansas City was going to tear them, tear them like 30 to 21 or something like that? I, I got them 37-27, and this is why, folks, and uh, in, our, in our last uh, minute or so right here, uh, 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 on the show, um, they lead the league and drop passes with 76. But the last two games, they haven't dropped many passes. You got Rice, the wide receiver, now is as fast as anybody in in the league. Uh, you, you've obviously got Kelsey. All this scaling. You got he, he made he's a big catch, catch last week. And I, in fantasy, I played Watson to catch a couple of passes too. So. And you got the best quarterback in the league in Mahomes. So I'm leading toward KC and I have nothing negative to say about San Francisco. But you know what? They're only 15th in the league in uh, rushing defense. And Pacheco and you know what? They got bad... exposed in the last two playoff games. Yeah. They had 85, they, they gave up 85 yards a game in the regular season, but they had four games where they gave up close to 200. And then in the playoffs against the Packers and the Lions, they gave up 290 yards rushing. That's going to be the key. All right, because, you know, I'll tell you what, does anybody run harder than Isaiah Pacheco? I mean, that guy, he sticks his nose in there. And, you know, and Edwards Hilaire is not bad as well. Um, I haven't heard whether the uh, McKinnon is going to be available or not. I haven't seen a lot of the, the injury reports. That's been quiet. I, I did hear that Hilaire is injured, so there's not some question if he's going to play on Sunday. Folks, this has been Fred of the Fantastics. Today, Fred and the Fantastic, Art Source. Mario, thank you very much. Art, thank you very much. Uh, listen to us all the time on Believe and on Pod Clips, and we'll see you around the corner, everybody. Bye. That's fantastic, and you got to believe. <laughs>